Thank you very much. It was really interesting. Thank you very much for that introduction. Um, just to position myself, um, I come from a different kind of field, a childhood studies field. I don't know, are you aware? Have you heard about childhood studies? Um, some yes, I can't, not everybody's nodding. But um, so, so what would the field of childhood studies mean for, for higher education? Um, which is an interesting challenge for me to think of my work in a different lens. So I'm trying to put two things together, my academic and my research work, uh, but also um, my experience of being a programme director for five years on a BA in Childhood Practice degree, which is about widening participation, and I'll talk to you about that later on. Uh, just the key points for anybody that's not aware of childhood studies, um, the key idea is that uh, children are able and entitled to be included in research, um, to make decisions that affect them, to discuss with them through participation. Um, it's a focus on children's rights, engagement, um, and it's driven through the kind of inspired also with the UNCRC. Um, another part of my work, which is interdisciplinary, it's childhood studies, but it's also, as I was really interested in exploring childhood and youth experiences of inequalities, um, I'm interested in the framework, the theory and the practice of intersectionality and how that comes together. In my work so far, I've been engaging with children and youth from very, very young, three, four, five-year-olds, and also recently even with babies, to adults and youth, 18-year-olds, uh, um, through various projects, knowledge exchange, action, um, participatory research, um, and the key things, the key points for me in terms of all these, the collections of the project, is the big gap within the field about um, not exploring complex intersectional inequalities. It's, it's more about it's a gender issue or a race or looking at a complexity but in a, not in an intersectional way. So along with my colleague Akugu Emajulu, um, we kind of discussed, debated through our research and through our involvement with children, what would that mean? What does intersectionality mean when it's applied in another field and another discipline with it, childhood studies? Because we felt that the field had not yet really considered the politics of intersectionality. Uh, the key messages from the research project, um, from the early years, right to young people and older and adults, um, is about these experiences of intersectional inequalities and multiple discrimination that children and young people face. Intersection of, I'm just naming it just a few, or between gender, age, sexuality, disability, social class, race, ethnicity, or being in care. A lack of intervention to challenge these um, issues of oppressions and inequalities, and a lack of proactive work. The lack of proactive work is something of relevance to higher education, which I'll touch upon in a little while. Um, similar to, to Emily's uh, discussion, so framing intersectionality both in terms of a theory to understand the, the lived realities of, of children and young people, but it's also, it's not just a theory, it is a practice. Um, so thinking about children and young people's lived experiences in different spaces, places and times, not just about identities but the structural relations, power relations, thinking about privilege and inequalities and 
and also a, it's a praxis. So children and young people are competent in knowing agents focus on participation and social justice activism. I so even with my work with the students, um, I can see links everywhere in that, in terms of the contextual, the lived experience of the student experience, you know, in terms of identities and power relations within the student population. Whoops. And that always does that sometimes. It goes faster than what I want him to do, or what I want this to do. And also in terms of how do you work with students in a participatory way, in terms of to understand the experiences that they have, their past, their, their, their now, the, the, the current, and also in terms of changing uh, their practices. Um, because intersectionality was born out of African-American women's social movements, it is about thoughtful and committed action, and that's kind of a key uh, thinking in terms of the way that I'm trying to, to use this framework to help me understand, along with children and young people, about their experiences. So why would all this be relevant in higher education? I think that it's relevant for two, because of two things, because of two ways. First, there are lessons that can be learned in how you apply an intersectionality framework uh, that comes from uh, black African-American women's, but then you discuss the origins about that in a, a different context, which I would like to share with you and the challenges of that. Um, but also, if you think about your students, your students have a past, they have been children, um, inequalities that they have been facing from birth, have been accumulated into the life course and then um, thinking about that kind of past and the impact that it's had on their experience of the now, who's at university, who's not, why are they not, who has access, if, if they are in university how are they doing, who's doing well, who's not. Um, so we know that understanding um, inequalities from early childhood and intervening uh, because no, so experiencing um, inequalities in early childhood can have a negative impact in terms of later on in life. It's accumulated and it kind of it doesn't just go away. Um, it's there. So I think that's one of the other things about why it's important to think about this this work. So then is so I'm thinking about the student journey, not just in terms of the students now, but pre-entry the students now and then the employment. So in terms of that, how could an intersectionality framework help us in terms of, of that journey? So um, the lessons learnt when, when we were looking at studies in childhood studies that were interested in issues around diversity, um, not a lot, they might have named intersectionality but they were not making reference to flat, black feminist origins and although it can be a point of debate, um, uh, my uh, colleague Akuga Majulu could see through her literature uh, that it, it could be like seen as a symbolic violence to black women um, if there is not uh, a kind of an acknowledgement that it derives from, from their work. So that's one of the importance about you know making um, talking about the origins. It's not just about, so we, could, we saw um, people with, and researchers using intersectionality just focusing on identities, and then that's a question, is that an intersectional framework? If you're just looking at identities without engaging with power and uh, institutions and structures uh, of oppression. Uh, within that, we also saw that a lot of the work might have forgotten race. 
so there was about gender or about um, religion, but race kind of was not in the kind of analysis. So we were arguing from a recentering of race within a complex intersectional analysis, not forgetting. And race is not just about um, BME, it's about whiteness too and about privilege of whiteness. So engaging with those discussions would be really, really essential. It's about focusing on li lived experiences um, in any kind of context thinking critically about participation. So this, in my con context, which who are the children that I'm working with? Who are left out? Uh, why are they left out? Who are silenced in that process? So the same goes in terms of the students. Um, who are we working? Who are we listening to? Who are the reps? Who come to the student and staff liaison committees? Is it a representation of everybody's views within those? Um, really important about personal and professional reflexivity um, thinking about yourself all the time, your own privilege, your own biases, but also as in a professional capacity as a team. What are we doing? Thinking about our practices. Thinking about partnerships that make a difference. And through this event, it's, I've thought in a different way about how to think about higher education and the links with perhaps very uh, research that con is conducted with early years and then you know seeing the life course and then where do ch different children depending on their experiences you know what happens in that process so that's something that I've been uh, thinking about because of this presentation and it's um, it's not just a framework about diversity but it's about it's a radical framework it's about changing transforming institutions and that is it's difficult so we'll touch upon that so I did feel that childhood and youth studies is an interesting uh, kind of, it's important because of the seeing that kind of journey. Sometimes I'm aware that um, intersectionality has been starting to be, to, you know, as a framework, being a higher education. Um, a lot about within student experiences in the now. So, for example, um, you know, who are getting uh, the higher marks or the better kind of grades? And, but what about pre-entry? So, a, a more work can be done in terms of preparation, you know, who is accessing, who's not, and the barriers to that. So, be, to that, uh, I would like to share you, this is from a recent um, research which with young uh, people, um, and they were talking about so they were co-researchers in the, this participatory action research and they were talking about the different um, inequalities and experience of inequalities that they were facing. So I'd just like to share you, of you one, um, if this works, and we can have to think about this. Right. You can let me know if the sound is okay too. Were you able to listen to them? Okay. So why did I um, stop that? So I felt this was an interesting um, quote. I'm using Ben. He's not really Ben. I'm just using him anonymously. 
Um, it's interesting to think about Ben as a white young person um, from a social disadvantaged background. Um, dominant masculinity entering, you know, muscles, tattoos, kind of coming into the into the space. Um, he was excluded from school in detention, a complex life history, um, dad in crime and in jail. So it's interesting to see his kind of life circumstances and the inequalities that are emerging in terms of, um, in relation to opportunities in education, employment ambitions. He does show agency, agency but it is not straightforward. He really wants to make a difference, he wants to go to college, but even now, a year afterwards, when I spoke to the youth worker, he still hasn't, he, he wanted, but he hasn't been able to do that. So thinking about his life circumstances and then his access to college or later on university. Um, it's interesting to think about this in the context of the widening participation agenda, um, a strategic priority for UK uh, and Scottish government's higher education sector uh, to address the discrepancies in the take-up of higher education opportunities between different social groups, um, to raise aspiration, educational attainment, prepare uh, students for higher education, ensure success, improve employment prospects. Um, this is very interesting to contrast it then with evidence that I'm going to talk about later on which talks about students of colour which are less likely to gain admission to for example Russell Group University so thinking about Ben but also you know I'm really aware that he's also a white um, man that's coming from a social disadvantaged background so thinking also about the different kind of groups with so black women for example for, uh, through a knowledge exchange I was engaging with a young um, gypsy traveller girls and they were talking about their, the, the difficulties the inequalities in terms of accessing education um, so yes it's just thinking um, in terms of what we offer as a university so for example I was a program director of the BA, and C, BA childhood practice widening participation agenda in terms of it was providing flexible routes um, part-time for people that were in work they wanted to come to university their background was that they had gone straight to work they didn't go into college at that point or university they had to go straight to work through their work there was a recognition and then they went to college but they really wanted to access education also thinking about these women from uh, social disadvantaged backgrounds um, and there, so in terms of the, there, there are these things that are happening in terms of the widening participation agenda but it's also thinking are, do, are we reaching out to the various intersectional inequalities and people that are you know are we, how, where, how far have we got in terms of that um, so that's something to think about and also thinking, um, so with, with the previous story, it was more thinking about pre-entry. So what can we do in relation uh, to supporting students or candidates access university? But then if there's inequalities that are happening right when they were babies, you know, imagine the partnership that we need to do working right from the start, even when they're in the tummy, right to the door before coming to university. 
Uh, another thing about students being at university and the students' experience, and I, I can see, I'm not, I don't know all of the literature here, so this is where uh, Carol and other people hear you, this is your expertise and you can help me with this, but I did see that there has been work, some work within this area, there are gaps, um, thinking about experiences of BME students um, learning within uh, degrees, um, the approaches to working with students who arrive from different backgrounds, and it just made me think about a story of um, a woman uh, I, it, I can't say all the details just in terms of anonymity and confidentiality but the gist of it uh, she was Muslim, Pakistani um, she was working but equally she was trying to do the degree um, she came from a social disadvantaged background she also had five children uh, one of her children had a disability and she was, had so many struggles that she was trying to work through. On the one hand, really wanted to do the university but the struggles of the care, um, also had to be in work but also having problems uh, with the language because of additional support. So just, just think about the complexity of that kind of scenario and as a university, how are we working with that student in order to, for her to, to be allowed you know, to, to flourish? and to work on her strengths, so thinking about flexible kind of process within that scenario. Um, also, she was not only facing that, but she um, also spoke about how within the class, it was an interesting kind of dialogue. So she started off saying that she feels that excluded. She wasn't comfortable to say why. So in the process, she was saying, I just feel like I'm not listened to, I'm, some, I'm segregated. And I think, why? I sometimes said, oh, I think she pointed, like she pointed to her head because she was wearing the um, hijab. Can I, did I say that correctly? Um, and then the discussion about um, so do you, so it, is that discrimination that you're feeling? You know, and no, 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 no. I would never say it's discrimination. So a fear of naming it as as discrimination. Um, but then also, if you don't name it, how are you going to challenge it? But it's a sensitive one. On the one hand, not feeling supported because if you would name it, you would need to challenge it. She was the only Muslim woman in that group, so I, immediately they would know that it was her. So it's a lot of issues here. How am I doing with time? Um, Oh, fantastic! Um, a lot of so what how what happened with that scenario is the personal tutor went to the course organizer. The court we had they had a lot of a discussion with a student. The student didn't want it to be named. It was very interesting. It was a course about social justice too. So, um, so the way that they approached it was through using more generic about theories of social justice. But I don't think it really you know it didn't address the issue. And then the student at the end was like, oh it's better if we just forget about it and I you know just thinking about that student and forgetting about it having in mind Equality Act 2010 too but what this what it illustrates though is you need a service that where the student would also feel supported in that where you could also challenge the discrimination but um, in a supportive environment engaging with the student it's difficult though it's not easy just thinking about the the student too um, so I just want to also, just these are snapshots of di various um, inequalities pre-entry, during a degree, um, but Emma Julu, and I'm directly quoting here, um, I thought she, she shared very important evidence for me about inequalities at the intersection, thinking about students of colour that are less likely to gain admission to a Russell Group University. Being from a minority ethnic group was still found to have a statistically significant and negative effect on degree attainment 
and uh, there is a persistent if you think about employment in within university persistent and systematic underrepresentation of people of color and women of color in particular um, and Emma Julie was, was it's really important how she highlights it's intersectionality is not just about diversity but it's just, it's about transforming institutions um, if we want to be you know in hand with the origins too um, intersectionality has moved from black feminist activism to academia to policy and practice it is a powerful way to discuss multi-dimensional inequality and disadvantage but it's been used and it has been abused according to Majuli in ways that dilutes its radicalism she does um, finish her kind of presentation saying that there is another university which could be possible for example if we think beyond the Athena Sworn and the race equality charter mark um, she suggests through targeted scholarships to attract and support students of colour, positive action, she argues, in terms of hire and retain more faculty of colour, reconstructing resources and the curriculum, thinking about the content of our work, and thinking about engagement uh, with students and challenging inequalities. In terms of um, engagement, thinking critically about, you know, who are you always constantly, who are you engaging with, in what capacity, how, um, being inclusive and flexible and how do we do this but also being proactive in our work you know starting earlier um, in terms of, of, of the pre-entry kind of journey if, if you think about it in that way in our um, when we wrote about in an article about how uh, intersectionality could and the difficulties of, of um, applying intersectionality in childhood studies Emma Julie came up with questions which I have adapted slightly um, just because I feel it's of relevance to this uh, group of people in terms of students so in terms of when we do intersectionality in our practice I feel uh, Emma Julie's questions are really really important I feel so how can intersectionality help me to understand my own complex identities, my privileges, you know, disadvantages, my own assumptions and actions, which students count in the mainstream practices and campaigns in the field, which children are left, uh, sorry, children, <laughs> students are left out and why? How do these dynamics of race, class, gender, sexuality, disability and others shape student lives? How do these dynamics serve as resources for students? What kind of alliances need to be built across different groups to effectively address students' intersectional inequalities? And this, um, pres this uh, event today has made me think beyond my kind of childhood study focus. So that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope I didn't go yeah, too over. That's, that's <laughs>